Hi, and welcome to Mind Medicine, Tea for the Soul. Today's podcast is all about the mind. It's a really complex thing, the mind, isn't it? Because it's responsible for so many of the things in our lives. It's even responsible for mental health issues. But yet, even if the most accomplished surgeon dissected our skull and got our brain and looked at it, he or she would not be able to find anything that resembles the mind. So where is it? And what is it? Well, according to contemporary cognitive and neuroscientific research, the mind is something like a term used to describe the mental processes that happen in our brain. So these are things like consciousness, perception, thinking, and even our emotions. So according to this point of view, it encompasses the conscious and the unconscious part of us. Our mental activity as well, and it's also responsible for our subjective experiences, such as thoughts, feelings, and sensations. So in other words, It's things that we perceive from our own experiences that we see as real. So from this perspective, the mind isn't seen as a physical thing. It's not seen as something that could be found somewhere in the body, but it's a function of the brain. Now that's really interesting, isn't it? I've never heard it described like that, but that's from this perspective. Now we know that the brain's a tangible thing, don't we? And like I was talking about the surgeon before, if a surgeon were to open our skull and look for the brain, then they would be able to physically touch it very easily, wouldn't they? It's a remarkable part of the body, the brain, because we know that different parts of the brain are involved in different mental processes, don't we? And they also work together these different parts to produce the complex activity that we experience and that this perspective looks at as being mind. So for example, one part of our brain is called the prefrontal cortex. You probably heard of the prefrontal cortex. And that part of the brain is involved with our decision-making and our self-control. And then, of course, we've got the amygdala, which is about the size of a pea, but it controls our emotions. And sometimes our emotions can go way over the top because our amygdala is a lot slower at processing the rational side of things. So there's lots of different parts of the brain, isn't there, that do different things. So the mind, according to contemporary cognitive and neuroscientific thinking, is not located in any specific area of the body. It's just a product of how the brain works. So what we've looked at here from this point of view is a general view. It's supported by empirical evidence, but it does have some philosophical implications because If we look at a different way of thinking, like for example, the Tibetan Buddhist way of thinking and their philosophy, we find a very different view of the mind. You see, 
whilst there are some similarities, there are also differences between the contemporary cognitive and neuroscientific viewpoint. Tibetan Buddhism considers the mind as being the ultimate nature of everything. So it's seen as the root cause of suffering, but it's also seen as the root cause of freeing ourselves from that suffering. So Tibetan Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhists believe that the mind isn't limited to the brain at all, and that it's certainly not part of the brain. What Tibetan Buddhists believe is that the mind exists independently of the physical body. Now, both views recognize the importance of mental processes in shaping our experience of the world and our behavior. But contemporary scientific research has shown that practices such as meditation, which in fact are central to Tibetan Buddhist philosophy, They've found that it can have a measurable effect on the brain's activity and the way the brain functions. So for example, there's lots of studies that have shown that long-term meditation practice can increase the activity in areas of the brain that we associate with things like attention or emotion or regulating emotions and even empathy. But the overall thinking between the two is that while there are some differences in the approach and perspectives between contemporary cognitive science and Tibetan Buddhist thinking, the existing similarities in both can and do contribute to our understanding of the mind and its workings. So you see, whilst the mind itself isn't tangible and it can't be touched, its functions and its effects are what we call observable and that means that we can see the effects we can see it through behaviors thoughts and the way people's emotions are we can see the effects on the mind in the way that we perceive and interact with the world as well as the way we process and respond to information so let's think about it like if we had a, mo a machine to monitor our brain whilst we were doing a particular mental task or whilst we were going through a certain stage in our life where our emotions were all over the place or even when we're happy okay so if we had this machine that could monitor our brain activity whilst we were doing or going through those things then physiologically we'd be able to see those changes wouldn't we and we know this because there's been lots of research done where Tibetan monks have gone into the machine to have a, is it, um, I forgot what the name of it is now, it's where they do the brain scan. And what they've done, they've had their brain scanned whether they've been in a meditative state and when they've been in a non-meditative state. And the results of those scans, the physiological results clearly show a difference in the way the blood flows in the different channels of the brain. So physiologically, we can see that there are changes. Now, it's important to note that just because something can't be seen or touched, like the mind, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. 
So for example, other intangible things that we believe to be real, intangible means that we can't touch them, but we believe them to be real, are things such as love, justice, and morality. Now these things are considered to be real and they have a massive impact on our lives and the way we behave, don't they? So to sum things up, whilst the mind isn't tangible, and according to the two different perspectives, may or may not be a product of the physical brain, its functions and effects are observable in the world around us, aren't they? We can see the effects. So what are your thoughts on today's podcast? Do you go along with the scientific perspective on the mind, that it is actually part of the responses of the brain? Or do you go with the Tibetan Buddhist perspective that the mind exists outside of the body? Where do you think the mind resides? It'd be really, really interesting to hear your comments and feedback. My name's Julie Kelly. Please like, share and comment. And subscribe to my channel if you can. You've been listening to Mind Medicine Tea for the Soul podcast to nurture and open the mind. Let's work together to build happier, healthy communities.